Well, I'm honored to officially be the 21st pastor of St. Joseph's Catholic Church here in Mandan. Last night, the bishop installed me, uh, and it was... <laughs> Thank you. I, uh, I said last night that I'm, I'm literally standing on the shoulders of giants because Father Collins is right beneath me, and I'm literally standing right over top of them, but please pray for me. Um, as I know you have, and I will pray for you in these years, of, years to come. But in, in Jesus today in the gospel, he says that the Son of Man will come back with his angels in his Father's glory, and he will repay each according to his conduct. When I was chaplain at St. Mary's High School, I had a test, and I called it the final judgment. And... In regards to, like, we have our own final judgment. It was a 10-minute exam where I sat down with the kid and I just grilled them with questions to see how much they knew. And they said it was terrifying. Terrifying. And I said, the reason I'm doing this is because I'm trying to prepare you for when you have to sit down with Jesus. One-on-one. You think, I'm terrifying. Wait until you have to sit down with Him. Because it's coming. I heard a line, and it has stuck with me my entire life. Maybe I even already said it to you, but it's incredible. Life is short. Death is certain. Eternity is long. And judgment is real. When you realize how short this life is, and how long eternity is, and that the absolute only certain fact in your life is that you're going to die, then you will know how to live. When you understand those things, then you will know how to live. Our age that we live in, in our culture, is something I refer to as highly educated fools. We think we know and we understand all things, but we do not. We as a society grossly overestimate things of very little importance, And we grossly underestimate things that are of ultimate significance. For example, we completely overvalue prestige, beauty, athleticism, titles, positions, wealth. All of which, for the record, are going to go away. I had this stark realization this last week. I was, they were having, the junior high kids were playing soccer. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to go whoop up on these kids. And I did, for the record. But the next day, I could barely walk. Like, I used to be somebody, man. I was a serious athlete, and that is gone. Gone, gone. And what Jesus says, you know, like, we value all these things, and yet we underestimate things that are of ultimate significance, things like honor. And character and integrity and faith. My question for you is, is, what do you encourage or what did you encourage the most in your children? Was it sports and popularity and wealth and toys and things? Trying to make sure that your child was always accepted? Or was it integrity, faith, honor? Character. Because whatever you encourage is what's going to happen to them. 
And if you don't encourage the right things, it will lead to a death. This despair in modern man. What profit is there to gain the whole world if you lose your soul? Pope Benedict said it best when he said this, In many of our societies, with material prosperity, a spiritual desert is spreading. In interior emptiness, an unnamed fear, a quiet sense of despair, a blind conformity to the spirit of the age. But we are empty inside. I recently heard a story of a young man named Brian Walsh. He lived in Detroit, Michigan. He's a very good athlete, captain of the basketball team, dating the prettiest girl in school, good looking, great smile, very popular. But like any teenager in the Western world, he was involved in all types of stuff that he kept quiet on the weekends. Partying, drinking, premarital sex, other immortal th- immoral things. And he was empty. And he shocked everybody in his high school when at the end of his senior year, he decided to join seminary. But in seminary, he was a terrible seminarian. Trust me, I know him. I worked with him for seven years. He did nothing that was asked of him. He had his room, he brought in wall-to-wall carpet, a full fridge, air conditioner, stereo, TV, missing the whole point of seminary. And he stocked his fridge with beer, and he threw parties. He even had lookouts in the seminary to make sure the rector wasn't coming. Brian made it through the first year. And at the end of the first year, they had a retreat, and at the end of that retreat, the priest who was leading the retreat asked him if anybody wanted to share something about the retreat or just a prayer. And Brian was last, and this is the word what Brian said. He said, Lord, I want to tell you that I am really sorry because I have wasted my talents on the things of the world. I have wasted the gifts that you have given me. And I've abused the trust of my parents and my teachers. I've not been the person they thought I was. I've been a great sinner and I want to change. I don't want to live for myself anymore. I want to live for you. Everybody thought it was a joke. (laughs) But the next year Brian came back and he had completely changed. He had sold his brand new car that his parents gave him for his senior graduation. He'd gotten rid of his air conditioner, his TV, his fridge, his carpet. They only had a bed and a desk with a crucifix on the wall. That was it. And he did, he was still the same guy. You know, beautiful smile, good looking, fun personality. Now he was in the chapel a lot more. And at the end of his second year of seminary, they did kind of a summer immersion into pastoral experience. And so they said, Brian went off to St. Louis, Missouri to a very poor neighborhood. Often he was asked to give out handouts to the poor that would come and knock on the door. Brian excelled in giving away stuff. He excelled so much that eventually the pastor sat him down and said, Brian, you're doing such a wonderful job of giving away all of our stuff in the rectory that we soon will be asking for handouts as well. He said, maybe you're not called to diocesan priesthood. Maybe you're called to join a religious order. 
Brian prayed about it, agreed, and ended up leaving the United States. He went far away from his hometown of Detroit, Michigan, to join a little nun in Calcutta, India. Her name was Mother Teresa. And he eventually joined the Brothers of Charity, the Brother Order to the Missionaries of Charity. He first was in Vietnam, and then he landed in Cambodia. And Cambodia was going through the same problems that Vietnam had just gone through. Corruption, ravaged by war. His parents had heard from him in a very long time. Eventually they received a letter. And the line from that letter stuck out. He said this. The next time I am asked to leave this country, I will not leave. I am going to stay because I feel called to mix my blood with the blood of Christ for the salvation of this people. A year later, the U.S. government sent a letter to Brian's family. The letter stated that he had worked tirelessly as a missionary, serving the poor of Cambodia, teaching them catechism, and keeping the morale high. Unfortunately, one day on his way to Mass, at three in the morning, the communists caught him, and they took him outside, right out in front of the church, and they cut off his head. 23 years old. Here's a man who figured out how to live because he knew he was going to die. Every day, death was on his doorstep. He wasn't afraid to die because he knew he was who he was serving, and he knew that this life was just the beginning if it was lived correctly. He saw the world for what it is, and this is where we mess up all the time. Me too. This place, this world, it's a place of suffering and empty promises. And it needs the light of Christ of which Brian was shining brilliantly. Now you might be saying to me, Father, what does this have to do with me? I'm not joining a religious order. I'm not going to India. I'm not selling all my stuff. I got a family. I'm here in Mandan, North Dakota. I didn't tell you this story because of Brian's heroic conversion and martyrdom. I told it because Brian made a decision. And his decision was made at a pretty young age. He decided to live for Christ and not for the world. And any one of you in here can do the same. But most of us still tend to undervalue Jesus and overvalue the things of the world. God is inviting us day in and day out to encounter him, to try something new, to be emptied so as to be filled, to pick up our cross and to follow him. And so today, I don't want you to necessarily sell all your stuff and go to India and serve the poor. But I do want you to think of one thing. One thing that you could do for yourself or for your family that will move you further away from the ways of the world and closer to Jesus Christ. And if you ask me, why should I do that one thing, Father? I would simply say, because life is short. Death is certain. Eternity is long. And judgment is real. We only got one shot at this life. We better make it count.